Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. What a great show we have for you tonight. A very special show about how each one of us can make a difference in our nation and for our nation. Alex McFarland here, and I want to begin with a reading from God's Word, the book of Proverbs 3. Now, you know, Proverbs is the Old Testament book of wisdom, and we certainly do need God's truth God's righteousness and God's wisdom in our nation at this time. We need God's truth and God's wisdom in each one of our lives. The Word of God says in Proverbs 3, 1, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments, God says. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Okay, God's commandments, God's truth, If we keep those in our life, we make God and righteousness and truth a priority. What will that do for us? What would that do for a nation? Well, the Word of God says in Proverbs 3, verse 2, length of days, long life, and peace. Will these things add to you? You know, many have observed that our stability as a nation in the United States of America, stability, longevity, prosperity, liberty, These blessings have come about not because the American people necessarily were smarter or more clever, certainly not because we can exercise self-restraint, but it was the moral foundation of our nation. Very often people talk about the Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, I've got a a printout right here, the rights of man. These are a dozen sources a dozen sources that are really the foundations of the Western world that talk about the rights, not given by government, but rights that you and I have, inherent rights that come from God, our Creator, from the Sermon on the Mount, the Magna Carta in 1215, the Mayflower Compact, the Declaration of Independence. What do these and other documents say? Even Woodrow Wilson in 1918, he's a distant relative of mine, actually, President Woodrow Wilson, although I don't tell it all that much because in some ways he was uh, progressive and a little bit liberal. But do you know in 1918, President Woodrow Wilson set forth what he called the 14 points. And it basically said that our government is founded on the law of God written on the heart of all people. Yes, the law of God is written on the pages of Scripture, but God's truth, the moral boundaries that we all must live within, they're not only revealed in the pages of Scripture, but they're written on the heart of all people. Now, why am I starting out with this? When really our guest that I want you to meet in just a moment and I, we're going to talk to a large measure about politics. It's because the fabric of our nation the DNA of America and what made us great, what gave us liberty, security, stability, prosperity. We were, as Ronald Reagan said, that city on a hill. Well, it was that God's laws were 
a part of our national consciousness. The laws of man in America for, for two centuries were framed in light of the laws of God. Now, we, to a large degree, have deviated from this. We've lost it, but it, it must be preserved and retained if we're to be a constitutional republic. And if we, in our own lifetimes, and our grandkids to come after us, should the world exist centuries from now, we don't know, but we must have truth and we must have the laws of man framed in the view of the laws of God. Well, I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about yours and my involvement by voting. We have recourse here in America. We can vote. And somebody that I've got a great respect for and certainly appreciate the work they're doing is a Debbie Wuthnow of I Voter Guide. She's our guest on Truth and Liberty. And if you've got a question, we're going to raise issues, no doubt, that you have a question about or you want to weigh in on. Here's the number. You might want to write it down so you can call in with a question. Super easy to call in and bring a question to the table. It's 719 619-2341, and you can join in the conversation. But tonight, uh, graciously giving of her time, and I commend her also for fruitfully serving our country, Debbie Wuthnow of I Voter Guide. Uh, thank you for being on Truth and Liberty with us today, Debbie. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. Well, uh, I want to ask you to lay out for the people, what is I, the letter I, I Voter Guide, what is it, what do you do, and tell us about that, please. Well, I Voter Guide is a website. You can think of the I meaning an internet voter guide, but it's also an individualized voter guide. So when you go to ivoterguide.com, we help make voting easy. Uh, you enter your voting address and you see just the races and the candidates that are on your ballot that iVoterGuide covers. And we do cover thousands of races across the nation. We are a nationwide voter guide um, that covers federal races in all 50 states, statewide races in 40 states, and state legislative races in 36 states. So two years ago, that was about 13,000 candidates that we had information on. And the information iVoterGuide has is not like any other voter guide you've seen. Uh, we have the philosophy that it's more important to look at what a candidate has done than what they say they're going to do, because they will sometimes say one thing and do something different. So No we way. Do Honestly, a politician saying one thing but doing something else <laughs> here in America? Really? Well, that human nature thing comes out and the ones who get power, you know, can sometimes shift their their allegiances. So we look at uh, what they've done. And that the first thing that they've done is if they've held office, how they voted. So we go to uh, thousands, over a thousand organizations that look at how a candidate has voted, either a federal candidate in the U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress or a state legislative candidate, state Senate, and they grade them on issues that are important to that organization. And we gather every scorecard, they're called scorecards, every scorecard mm -hmm. we can find. So some of them look at Second Amendment, some look at, you know, just social issues, some look at fiscal issues, some look at, I mean, we include from the left and the right. So scorecards from National Right to Life and Planned Parenthood, because they both give you good information about where that candidate stands. So nonpartisanly presented information on those candidates. 
The next important Wonderful. data point is what they do with um, their money. Right. Should I keep going? <laughs> yeah, so, please. Vote, voting record, what they do with their money, yes. What they do with their money. So we've got the entire database from the Federal Election Commission, as well as every state where we go down ballot. Uh, so we know who that candidate has given money to as an individual, as well as who has given to their campaign. So they've chosen to accept donations from those individuals. Our goal is to give as much political intelligence on candidates, but also to um, determine what their worldview and values might be based upon that information. And where they, what they do with their money can be very telling in that direction. We also get endorsements. So we've got every endorsement we can find from thousands of organizations. And then as most voter guides out there, we have a questionnaire. It's about 35 questions, covers a broad spectrum of issues important to voters. But what's unique about iVoterGuide that nobody else does is that we rate each candidate and we assign a rating kind of on this gas gauge. It goes from far left through verified liberal, through moderate, all the way to verified conservative, helping those wow. drive-by voters to know how to compare those candidates. Well, that's true. And, and don't you think, I don't know if I'm going to say most, but many are, as you say, drive-by voters low information voters that just really don't drill down. And, and folks, let me just say, let's say you're watching, you're a Christian, and you say, well, well, Brother Alex, my home is in heaven. Look, I get it. That's right. Our home is in heaven. Our allegiance is to Jesus Christ. But as Augustine said 1,600 years ago, until we are in the city of God, we have an obligation to the city of man. So, so Debbie, I mean, isn't it, really, I'm just going to say irresponsible for a, a Christian citizen to not do their homework and, and become a, a, a strong information, high information voter. It's really kind of irresponsible not to do the homework, isn't it? I would say yes to that. And I view it as a stewardship responsibility. It's like the talent yeah. God has given us in America of the responsibility to vote. And are we burying that vote or are we multiplying it by researching those candidates and choosing the ones who really believe like we believe, share our values, will fight to preserve the America that we want to have. So it, uh, it this does is, a responsibility. Uh, well, the matrix and uh, matrices by which you evaluate candidates, I, I applaud you and I wanna drill down into this, but um, I've just gotta ask you, uh, my heart goes out to you. How, how do you do all this research? Because I know this, this must be time consuming. How does iVoterGuide gather all this data? Well, this has really been something God wove together. And the philosophy was founded by one gentleman who was a, a political analyst and a lobbyist in Texas. And God used him to get it started. And then he created another guy that built our entire database and, and designed the whole system of all the data that we gather. And God's then brought a team that helps to do that digging. We have a staff of about 50 paid researchers that help us to gather and uh, gather that data, build our database of the endorsements and the scorecards and they're putting in candidate profile information and sending them invitations to answer our survey. And, and that's how we gather most of the data, but then we've really leveraged the body of Christ and we partner with other organizations and we have volunteers who serve as panelists. They, they believe our, what we believe and they wanna do something. So they apply on the iVoterGuide website. We share with them all the information that we've got. 
they do have to apply and be vetted. We want them to be like-minded with us. Then we train them on what to look for. And they're the ones that are reading every candidate's uh, social media, reading every candidate's website and gleaning and finding and digging for information and helping us assign that rating. So it's really the army of God that's helping us do it. Sure. Well, you know, you talked about kind of the gas gauge that tells you know, far left or, or right or, you know, far right. Um, who are some candidates? Are you at liberty to name names? And this is not just, you know, opinion, but this is based on, you know, the public record. Who are some candidates that um, lean left or far left that people might not realize how they vote left and, and how progressive, woke, liberal they really are? Um, can you think of any that have really Gone. Well, there are some that you'll recognize very clearly that are the, that are the far left, the Gavin Newsom's, the AOC's, yeah. the Bernie Sanders. Right. Um, there's a term that's out there called rhinos of those candidates okay. who, you know, they say they're conservative and they're not. And and our, our whole methodology reveals those people and shines the light on them. There are some uh, senators that aren't as conservative as you might think they are. Uh, right. And I know that in Texas, we have two senators, and one of them is much more conservative than the other. So John Cornyn doesn't always do the, the strongly conservative things. Um, and uh, looking at, at 13,000 candidates, you can go check for yourself, and we even have historical information of, of how sure. each candidate has been rated. How about, uh, you know, the old saying, follow the money, um, the, the people that are known liberals and uh, just, you know, whether it be like a George Soros or uh, the the McGill Foundation, the liberal money, um, are, have you had some surprising, you know, discoveries in looking at who is funding what? We do see that, and our team looks at those. The, we would call that a liberal data point. If you've got a donation from a George Soros or one of those organizations or a Planned Parenthood, and that mm -hmm. uh, puts you into one of the the leans liberal, leans conservative, or moderate, if not more so, um, if you have that 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 liberal donation from those types of groups. So I, I'm not the one that's involved in those ratings, so it's harder for me to pull up the names of the specific candidates. But the team is constantly looking at all of that stuff. What What would you say are the issues that that you look toward? I mean, um, you know, big government, high taxation, uh, entitlement programs. We associate that with uh, Democrat liberalism, limited government, free marketplace, free enterprise. Um, you know, strong national defense. We would associate those things with conservatives and the Republican Party. But um, Debbie, what do you feel like are, are the key issues that not only um, are issues voters should be informed on, but frankly, issues that speak to the, the health of the country? What are the big issues? Well, to me, it uh, our liberties and our freedoms. So where they stand on religious freedom and freedom of speech tells me mm -hmm. a lot about where they stand. Uh, a coming topic is... Uh, parental rights and who owns the children and who's going to guide and direct children. Um, that has, is, it's becoming pervasive at all levels of government, uh, you know, with Biden wanting to allow uh, schools to determine if a child can ch change their gender without letting the parents know and things like that. So paying attention to those types of issues, there's, um, 
There's financial issues that are going on with, you know, how much tax money can we keep? We look at all of the, you know, are they making government bigger, making government smaller? Uh, my personal issue is the, is the parental rights and what they're doing with the LGBT indoctrination of our children. Sure. Well, and, and you know, uh, a highly politicized issue these days are uh, energy and and well, you know, facing the the attack, really, I would phrase it this way, the attack on the petroleum industry, the attack on coal, and just the, the forced imposition of alleged green energy, um, just the, the way we get transportation, the way we heat and cool our houses, energy independence for America, or, you know, sending our money to foreign interests to buy energy. I mean, this is one area that is hugely politicized these days, isn't it? It is huge. It is huge. And it began with the Green New Deal. And as people started to learn what was behind it, and the it really is, in a way, shutting down the fossil fuel industry. But that's what's made yeah. America prosperous, is, is being energy independent, which we finally did achieve under President Trump that, that has just slidden yeah. away. And the to me, it's it's the hypocrisy of you know concerned about emissions, but we don't want nuclear and different clean energy sources that could be uh, less emissions, but yet giving us prosperity. So I yeah. I pay a lot of attention to those types of policies. Sure, well, you know what overlapping with that really, Debbie is um, the the economy. I mean, yeah, I think about in just a couple of years, people in California will not be able to buy a new car that has an internal combustion engine. And, you, you know, I, I do a lot of traveling. In fact, Debbie, I'm just heading out to travel to about five states over the next eight or nine days to speak and broadcast. And I, I watch the semis go up and down the highway that deliver our goods. I watch, you know, earth moving equipment that makes our highways and scrapes the snow and ice in the wintertime. And let me just say, it is a pipe dream fantasy to believe that electric vehicles are going to fuel, you know, formerly diesel run bulldozers, earth moving equipment, right. semis. Even, right. even today, folks, listen to this. Today, the president of Ford Motor Company was trying to take a trip across country in one of his company's Ford pickup trucks that's all electric. And he said, uh, this presented challenges I could not have foreseen. And so, hey, if you want to buy an electric car, buy an electric car. But what the left is doing, they're wanting to make illegal, uh, you know, petroleum, internal combustion, not only vehicles, heavy equipment, semis, but even ultimately airplanes. Um, here's my point. Our beliefs about the environment, our beliefs about energy, it does overlap with the marketplace and what we can or can't buy. Prices, because you know those clear water bottles, petroleum, plastics, resin, cast goods, and every day, every person handles dozens of items that are made of plastic, like a pin, all Even petroleum clothing. involved. Clothing, yeah. oh yeah. Clothing and Polyester. fibers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So um, leftist energy policies, it does impact the marketplace and commerce and what we pay at the cash register, how much discretionary money, if any, we have left. Uh, these things, 
beliefs, uh, policies, votes, it really ultimately matters, doesn't it, Debbie? It's huge. It's huge. And and those energy policies, not, I mean, we definitely see the linkage to gas prices, but it impacts absolutely everything else that's going on. And, um, and, you know, shutting down pipelines and, and, and making, I have a friend who bought a Tesla and he's so excited about his electric car. And I said, but where's that electricity coming from? He's like, well, you just plug it in, in the wall. I said, but where's it, how's that generated? And the renewable sources they keep trying to use are not going to going to keep that the sun doesn't always shine there's always issues i live in texas i had six days with no power because of the the grid that followed california's policies and you know my house was freezing for six days so i i know that there's got to be uh fossil fuels if america's going to continue to prosper and we can do it in a clean way and we have to elect people who will who allow us to do that and it's happening even well, at the federal level because they won't let them uh drill on on federal lands there's just there's all kinds of policies related to it, it really is it really is i lived for 8 years in colorado and i went to church with some people that worked for some of the major energy companies uh like exxon and i i was repeatedly told there's more oil this is what they say and these are geologists that i knew as personal friends there's more oil under colorado than there is in saudi arabia and that's just one state but you that's dare colorado. not that's Colorado, not to mention Texas. And right. um, um, I, I know Texas, the Eagle Ford Shale, uh, which is a, an amazing repository of oil, but extracting oil from shale, ha there's some unique techniques, but um, haven't, the, haven't the greenies, the climate activists, obstructed um, oil production in Texas to a large degree, Debbie? Oh, yeah, they've made it hard for um, oil exploration and financing for those companies so that they can't get the funds to to, to use that new technology. I don't know if that's fracking or, or not, but they've yeah. shut it down from not just, you know, protesting what they're doing, but shutting down the, the funding that they need, the loans that they need to to build out that infrastructure and to drill those wells and to keep it flowing. So it's, yeah, um, yeah it's everything. Uh uh, if you're just tuning in, Alex McFarland here. We're talking with Debbie Wuth now of iVoterGuide.com, a very important resource. Now, we are going to take questions, and the number for questions is 719-619-2341. Um, folks, Truth and Liberty is committed to God and country. I really don't know another way to say it. God and country and our nation. We produce a lot of content. Last night, we had Richard Harris on, attorney cultural commentator Richard Harris. In recent days, we've had Steve Dace of The Blaze, and we've had Frank Gaffney of the Center for Securing Freedom, and we've had Art Alley, one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the best economic minds in the country. We produce content, and we want you to be a part of it. And if you go to the website, truthandliberty.net slash subscribe, you'll get emails that Richard Harris and his crew puts out. And uh, we just want to come along and encourage each other, build up and be strong and be informed. Because Debbie, I, I read our founders. It's, it's my privilege at uh, Karis Bible College, Liberty University, quite a number of American schools. I've either spoken or taught on the philosophical foundations of the U.S. Constitution. And I believe our founders wanted a nation of people that were well-informed, 
that were committed to God and moral truth. And it, it wasn't just this proliferation of endless thousands of laws. I, I read our founders, and they believed some core simple principles would be sufficient to build a great nation. And uh, I think to a huge degree, we've lost that. We need to get it back, don't we? We do. Uh, and uh, most people don't know how simple and pure our Constitution is and, ha- and that it stood longer than any of those, you know, any, I don't know, is there another one that's lasted longer than the American no. Constitution? We just need to conserve it and preserve it. And that's what the whole phrase conservative means, is to conserve that which was in the past. And we're trying to conserve that um, by educating voters about what it what that Constitution means, what it protects, and what are your rights, and um, helping mm-hmm. people to do what they need to do to keep those rights. Have you had any regarding all of the research and and your your data your your team and your data collection is just admirable and in my opinion just thoroughly accurate and trustworthy but i've got to ask you this have you gotten any pushback from the left any any people who have uh you know been critical of the work you're doing we uh the people on the left don't engage with us as much we get uh, more pushback from people in the middle who maybe aren't happy with their evaluation and don't want to be labeled a moderate or a not a conservative, those people who say, and those candidates will push back and say, hey, I really did this and I'm conservative. But we look at all issues, not just any one issue. And you may, you know, there are candidates who will be super strong on on life, but maybe fiscally they're not as conservative. And we factor all of that into that rating that's on the gas gauge. You know, it's interesting. Virtually all candidates, all candidates that want to win, they they campaign as conservative as possible, but then they govern very often liberal. And I think of Barack Obama in his first uh, run at the White House, he campaigned believing he said marriages between a man and a woman. Well, very, very early in his second term, suddenly his views had evolved and he said that he was in favor of gay marriage. I mean, the fact that winning candidates present as conservative, but they get to Washington and they vote liberally, I mean, but the fact they present as conservative, isn't that tacit proof that, A, the majority of Americans lean conservative? And I think deep in our heart, we know right from wrong. Um, Isn't that kind of an ironic thing? It is. It is. And I agree that they uh, candidates know what they think you want to hear. And they say that. And that's why we look at what they've done. But it is human nature that once they get into office, uh, Brock slipped. Uh, Biden even tried when he first ran, tried to say, I'm the middle of the road guy. I'm going to it's I'm going to unite the nation and gets into office and, and went hard left, just, you know, pulled by the people of influence that he took advice from. So that's part of what we look at is, you know, who are they getting advice from? Who are they associating with? Uh, and and really trying to give the voters that truth of what, where they really stand and what they really believe and what they'll do. Because just knowing their name isn't enough when you go to cast a ballot for somebody. Mm, Got to do your well, research. Um, Debbie, give your website if you would. Yeah, go to I, the letter I, voter guide.com, I-V-O-T-E-R-G-U-I-D-E.com. And you can uh, enter your email address. You can sign up so that we'll send you election notices. We'll send you educational content. 
You can give us enter your address and um, see your personalized ballot. We have news articles about what does the Bible say about being a fiscal conservative or what does the Bible mm. say about parental rights or religious freedom? Uh, what is your elected official supposed to do in this job? We really try to teach some of those civics that people are lacking. And you can find that all at iVoterGuide.com. Uh, is it all online or do you produce any print materials? It, we have some collateral materials, but the website's all online and you can find it at sure. the website. Hey, this is Truth and Liberty. We're back after this. Stay tuned. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. It's not enough to know what God's will is, but you have to learn how to do things God's way. Now, because of the new man on the inside of me, because of the cross, I can daily deny self. And if you don't learn to do that, you're not going to fulfill all God's will for your life. You know, you don't find the beginning of God until you get to the end of yourself. This generation is a generation of great darkness, and God is raising up a deliverer to shine in the midst of all of this darkness. But in Christ Jesus, I can do all things through Christ. Some people just quote, I can do all things. No, you can't. But through Christ, you can do all things. You gotta have these two opposites in balance. I'm nothing, but I'm everything in Christ. We are engaged in what John Adams called the spirited contest of liberty. Hi, Alex McFarland. Welcome back to the program. Truth and Liberty is live on the air. We're talking with Debbie Wuth now of iVoterGuy.com. Got a lot of calls stacking up here. And uh, hey, the Truth and Liberty Conference is coming September 7 through 9, Woodland Park, Colorado. It's going to be at the amazing, beautiful, world-class campus of Karis Bible College. I'll be speaking, David Barton, Richard Harris. It's going to be amazing. I want you to be there. Please go to truthandliberty.net and sign up and come to the Truth and Liberty Conference. It's about God and country. You will be glad you came. I promise you'll get inspired, equipped, and together we'll make a difference for, for God and country. Well, this is great. A lot of calls. The number is 719-619-2341. We're going to start out in Texas. Stacy in Texas, thanks for holding. And welcome to Truth and Liberty with our guest, Debbie Wuthnow. Stacy, you're on. Hi there, Debbie. I really appreciate the work you do. Mike, I will continue to vote. I am a voter tried and true. I believe in voting I'm a patriot that loves Jesus. What I'm concerned about was the 2020 election. You know, we stood by President Trump, um, and then we saw what happened that night. We saw the ballot shift all of a sudden in the middle of the night for Joe Biden. I'll never forget my heart that night, staying up all night and seeing that happen. And that will, then what happened in the months following from 2000 mules to Mike Lindell exposing election fraud— and many of us are just concerned about election integrity. 
And if we don't have fair elections, we don't have a constitutional republic. So my question is, how can we ensure voting in 2024 will be accurate and fair? Well, my first point will be that we do serve a sovereign God. So he is in control of all that happens. And even, you know, scriptures say he appoints rulers and appoints principles. Um, I will then say that uh, we need to get involved. It doesn't take away our res our responsibility to vote. We still need to vote, but we also need to get involved in making sure what we can do to make elections secure. Um, and one of those things is to actually serve in the polling places. Now, there are, and to get your hands on the ballots, to sign up to work in the polls. We saw what happened in Virginia in 2021 that was shocking, where they turned Virginia uh, red. And part of that happened because 6,500 volunteers were trained and signed up to work in the polls that were conservative Republicans. The more light we shine in the darkness, the less the darkness has power. So we need to get more faithful Christians participating in that election, not just voting, but working in the polls and watching the polls so that we can um, take more take the control back. So we do have some power. We just have to use it uh, wisely. Stacy, that's a great question. Uh, Debbie, I've got to ask you this. Are you seeing or are you hearing of kind of a, a surge of conservative constitutionalists that want to volunteer in polling places and be a part of election oversight? I am hearing that. We're hearing from people that, what can I do? Uh, they're frustrated and, and they don't want to bury their head. They know they have to, to do something. They just don't know what to do. So we do encourage them to get engaged uh, and involved and not just volunteer as a watcher, but apply to be a poll worker. There are many organizations out there that train them. We can connect you with them. Um, and and just to get your hands in there. People want to know what they can do. We have more people in, interested in being an iVoter Guide panelist because that helps them to dig on candidates and help their, their neighbors to know which of their candidates are conservative or liberal. And we've even found that, that we've been told those panelists not only perform a great service, but they learn what to look for in the candidates because we don't evaluate every race nationwide. We're, we're growing in that direction, but especially local races. And as they mm -hmm. serve as a panelist, they learn what to look for. Just like you talked about those issues. What are the conservative positions on issues? What are the questions I can ask those candidates? So we're just, our goal is equip those people with ways to get involved and ways to, to make the process um, positive and minimize any shenanigans that might happen. Wow. Hey, folks, we're going to go back to the calls in just a second. The number, if you want to call in with a question, 719-619-2341. Uh, before we go to the next call, Debbie, I wanted to ask you this. On the website for iVoterGuide.com, and by the way, that's the letter I as in, you know, internet, iVoterGuide.com. But um, are there ways for people to uh, in, you know, one locality, find other people that are local to them. And so um, people can link arms locally and find out uh, who, who are the brothers in arms in their own community. We can connect you if we ha have some partners that are local organizations. We don't actually provide that for ourselves. I mean, we kind of have the body of Christ model and our role is to dig on the candidates and to find sure. the information and reveal the truth. But we do partner with uh, 
over 60 organizations. So email us and we can point you in the direction of a local conservative group. I'm sure you guys are aware of other ones across the nation. Um, the benefit that we have at iVoterGuide is we're one website that you can then share with your friends and family across the nation. Any of them can get informed on their local races, even if they don't live in your area, because it's one website and it works for my brother in Pennsylvania and my sister in North Carolina and my uncle in Utah, one place. So uh, wow. trying to make it easier. Very good. Drew in Georgia. Drew, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty with our guest, Debbie Wuth now. Welcome. Hey, how y'all doing? And I hope y'all have a blessed and safe, safe weekend. Bless you, my friend. Uh, my question is, on Wednesday, Saudi Arabia and Israel had a deal. Do you think this could be the final Bible prophecy before the Antichrist reveals himself? Wow, uh, good question. Um, uh, and I've, I've got some, uh, I think, strongly held opinions about prophecy and eschatology. Debbie, do you want to speak to this at all? I think I'm going to throw that one to you, Alex. Well, Drew, let me say, um, I do believe that we are in the last days. And I think we very likely are near the return of Jesus. And I'll explain some reasons why I believe that. But I almost think that from the church age till early in the 20th century, it was almost like the world was on this divine timeout. And uh, for almost 2,000 years, the gospel spread around the world. Western civilization was built and Europe was built largely on biblical principles. And you had a degree of liberty. You had a little degree of prosperity. You had a little degree of human achievement. And then something exploded in the 1700s, and that was the Judeo-Christian government on the North American continent that ultimately would be known as the United States. And you know what's so amazing? The Bible says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, part of the reason that I believe Satan has really attacked America, and whether it be secularism in the classroom, or the breakdown of the family, or the sexual revolution of the 60s, and the promiscuity, and really the attack on human life itself with Roe versus Wade, and now the Obergfell decision with uh, the alleged legalization of gay marriage. One of the reasons the devil has attacked the United States is because over the last two centuries, no other nation in world history has done as much for the Great Commission as the United States. Not only have we been a godly biblical nation, but we've taken the gospel around the world. Now, to your question about the end times, I think the, uh, the church age, uh, the, the timeout was stopped May 14 of 1948, and we entered the last of the last days with the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Now, why might we be near the return of Christ? And to your question, this treaty between Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel, will that be the final political document before the emergence of the Antichrist? I have no idea. I, I really don't know. 
you know, from the times of Anwar Sadat uh, during the, the, uh, the 1980s till the present day. I mean, there, Israel has done things. 1984, the UN uh, really bullied Israel to give up land for peace. And it was funny, that uh, agreement, uh, giving up land for peace, which has never worked because Islamic aggressors always break the agreements. Um, Yasser Arafat in 1984, they, somebody was interviewing Arafat. They was, he said, you know, are, is this what the PLO wants? Um, a terrorist organization, by the way, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Uh, and uh, Yasser Arafat said, what do we want? We want Israel driven in the sea. I was on the Temple Mount a couple of years ago, dialoguing. I mean, literally, we're on the Temple Mount. We're dialoguing with some college-age Islamic uh, women, and uh, they said Jerusalem was the city of Muhammad, which, by the way, historically, we have no indication Muhammad was ever even there. And uh, they begin to say that Jerusalem... Uh, the Jews had no claim on the land of Israel whatsoever. And I cannot repeat the foul language that they use speaking of Jewish people. And this lady, echoing the verbiage of, of Yasser Arafat, said the Jews can go live at the bottom of the ocean. In other words, drown them in the sea. Now, what am I saying here? I think we're near the last of the last days because of the rebirth of the nation of Israel, the animus of the Islamic world against the Jewish people, and then the rise of a political world system, the United Nations and other entities that seem to always side with terrorists. Uh, and then we've got the wiring of the planet, and everybody carry, you know, 85% of the world right now, probably more, nearly 90% of all humans on planet Earth right now have a mobile device. And everything you do, from a phone call to a text to buying a pair of sneakers, it leaves digital footprints. And look, cryptocurrency, the uh, push for a cashless America, um, it would not take much at all politically, socially, economically, very easily. All of the scenarios that you read in Revelation 4 through 20 could be implemented, and we could be in the last days. Now, I simply don't know, but I know this. What we're to do, we're to be ready and be faithful. We uh, Put your faith in Jesus. Stay on point for Christ. Make a difference. Be salt and light. But I will say that, um, uh, and Debbie, you feel free to disagree. I'm only speaking for myself here. But I, I really, politically, economically, socially, morally, spiritually, there's no reason that uh, that trumpet couldn't sound today and Christ return. And that's why I think we need to be all the more committed and all the more busy for the sake of the gospel because soon, sooner than yesterday, and maybe sooner than we could imagine, we will see our Lord return. Uh, Debbie, that's just me. But I think given the world situation, we very, very likely are in the last days.
And how long those last days last, we don't know, but we do need to be ready and we need to be faithful and we need to be good stewards of everything God has given us. And that is not just taking care of your family, but your community and your church and your your nation, which is part of voting. Well said, well said. We're going to go to Linda in South Carolina. Linda, thank you for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty tonight. Thank you. And you partially answered my question before the last break, but I'm going to add on to that. How close to an election do you have the information ready for voters to be able to make a decision? And um, how often do you update that? Because I know some states have early voting, and it seems like sometimes that early voting is out before you have all the information that you really need to make an educated vote. So how quickly is that info out there? Great question, Linda. So our our goal is to have the complete voter guide with all of our research and that evaluation available at iVoterGuide.com seven to 10 days before early voting starts um, so that it's always there. There are some cases where there's just not enough time to do the full research between when the candidate filing deadline ends so we can't really begin doing the research till we know who all the candidates are. And then it takes a certain amount of time to gather the research and to read through their websites and to get the endorsements and the campaign finance data and to have our panels look at all the information to come up with the rating. And, and we also, we verify every piece of information because we want it to be accurate. And uh, so this is a completely different rabbit trail, but artificial intelligence that is creating fake quotes and fake articles, mm. our team goes to the original source and verifies what that candidate said or what that uh, opponent has said. So it, we, we try to get it out there. We've also started to release what we know at the time we know it, Linda. So when we know who the candidates are, we now will uh, what we call publish or make available at iVoterGuide.com just the candidate names and their website links. And then later on, once we've gathered all of our research and at the same time that it goes to our panelists to create that rating, we will publish our research so that you can then go look for yourself at the research. And then we, uh, once we get the evaluation complete, we release all of that. And our goal is all of that before early voting or when ba ballots get mailed in some states, which uh, is, is sometimes even earlier than early voting. Mm. Great question, great answer. Uh, Linda, does, does that help? Do you have a follow-up question? Um, not really. I just appreciate that there is a Christian group that I can trust to give me this information. That is so important, and I definitely want to share this with my church and my Sunday school class because I'm on them all the time. Get out there and vote. We have to vote if we want things to change. Well, Linda, I can ask you, you're in North Carolina, right? Is that what I heard? Uh, I'm in South Carolina, but I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> okay. We have, we've started to cover some local school board races. And I think we have a couple in South Carolina this year that we are covering. And we also have ways that you can share it with your church, share iVoterGuide with your church. If you go to iVoterGuide.com and in the top menu is the word ACT. And on the ACT page, we have resources for your church. It could be bulletin inserts. We've got a PowerPoint, a slide for the slideshow at the beginning of church. We've got little push card business cards that you can pass out. 
We've got door hangers, flyers you can deliver to your neighbors to help you spread the word about uh, this resource that people can trust, to give them truthful, reliable information on the candidates, to kind of see through the spin that they have. I know that I get flyers in the mail when it's time for an election, and they all seem to say the same thing. And I'm like, well, who's the best candidate? We will do our best to dig for what the truth is on those candidates. So let your neighbors know about it. And you can even um, get on our email list and we will let you know when the voter guide is released. And one of those educational emails, you could just forward it to your friends at your church to let them know that resource is there. So thank you for the question. It was great. Thank you, Linda and Debbie. What a great answer. Let me just say, I, I know you do a lot of work with the American Family Association, uh, American Family Association. I've been on their radio network uh, July 1, I began my 14th year. And let me say, I know AFA is just right on the money on everything they stand for. And um, you f folks, you can trust iVoterGuide. And uh, Debbie, I commend you. you. You really are dependable. And I want people to know that. Well, I appreciate that. We uh, a God began iVoterGuide on our own in 2011, and AFA became our parent organization and acquired iVoterGuide about 18 months ago. So we are Amen. now a, a part of AFA because we share the same values, and we all want people yes. to um, preserve the America, protect our children, protect our families, and electing people who will help us do that is is why they brought us under their hat because the you know, as they said you can't buy that i voter guide evaluation it really is truth wow praise god praise god well this is truth and liberty our very special guest debbie wooth now of i voter guide we're going to go to missouri frank in missouri thank you for holding and what is your question for debbie on tonight's edition of truth and liberty yeah i appreciate the broadcast as you well know and it's a simple question, but from the, the brother that asked that question uh, prior to the last one, I, I would like to know about the, the 2020 election and how you would connect uh, you know, this eschatological stuff that you were talking. I appreciate you, you the, the work that you've done in the Holy Land, uh, Mr. Alec, and uh, the, how you would connect that to uh, uh, yeah, to the discouragement and the disappointment of, of, of many, many American people about voting. And, uh, you know, how, how, how do you connect that to, to, to what, what's, what's happening in the, in the eschatological world, if you please? Well, Frank, great question. Debbie, voter fatigue and just discouragement and uh, a sense of futility, I mean, that, that's very, uh, that's a danger, especially for conservatives, that we just throw up our hands and quit. That, that's a very real danger, isn't it? It's a, it is a real danger. And I, you know, to me, it comes back into trusting God and God is all powerful and, and he has reasons for what happens. Um, and, and I do trust that he's all powerful. So I just do my part and know that he's not going to take away my responsibility. And, you know, we look at there's some Old Testament stories of God working through unbelievers and how he would, you know, make it hard for the Israelites so they would call, call back to them. And, you know, maybe God is making it hard for us so that we will turn and come back to Christ. And I'm, I'm seeing there are glimmers of spiritual revolution. And that's really what we need to happen for this country to get back to where we need it to be. And God is powerful and able to do that. that you know, folks. Yeah, amen. 
Uh, Frank, to your to your point, uh, there's a quote from Colonial America. It's very often attributed to a statesman named Edmund Burke. Uh, I've read that others might have said it, but look, regardless of who said this, this is very true. All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And think about this. All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And then uh, a similar sentiment, somebody says um, uh, a person couldn't do everything, so they decided just not to do anything. Look, every little thing that we do matters. Debbie, I believe 1 Corinthians 15, 58, this says our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, I might not can sway a whole region, but I can do my best to prayerfully, respectfully influence my neighbor, maybe one Amen. person. And, and so understand that the preservation of liberty is in all of our hands. It really is a, it's a labor of love. It's a spiritual battle, but it, it's a joint effort. The preservation of liberty and not being discouraged, not being a quitter, but let's hang in there. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, but let's do what we can do. Um, God's people, like Galatians 6 verse 9, says that uh, in due season we will reap if we faint not or don't give up. Debbie, I still believe that. Oh, I amen believe that. And there's another founding father quote. I think it was John Adams who said, a duty is ours, results are God's. So we need Amen. to do what our duty is and trust God with the results. And I will offer encouragement to you that there are elections. I mean, we all look at the presidential election and we think, you know, millions of people voted. But really, that presidential election swung on tens of thousands of votes in five key states. But when you go even below president, there are, you know, statewide races that are swung by hundreds of votes and even that result in a tie. There is so yeah. much power in we the people if we will not get discouraged, the only way we can lose is to give up and stay home. Wow. So we've got to, to get out that, there and make our voice heard. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Uh, before this next break, I'm going to try to squeeze in a call. Let's go to Colorado. Randall, and Randall is a subscriber to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. And a student at Karis Bible College, I believe. So welcome to Truth and Liberty, Randall. Thank you, Alex. What you got? Well, my question is, uh, is it true that Thomas Jefferson said uh, when uh, rebellion, or I'm sorry, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty, and how does that apply to the American Christian church as a body? Great question. Let me cue this up, and we might unpack this a little more fully uh, after the break as well. Uh, in 1776, we had declared our independence from Great Britain, and Congress charged Benjamin Franklin with uh, come, trying to come up with a seal for the country. And you know the great seal of the United States. But Franklin proposed this motto, uh, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Now, ultimately, the motto became e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. You know, it's funny, the, the diverse, woke crowd of today flipped that over, out of the one, many. I mean, class warfare and division, and look, 
as Benjamin Franklin warned, Benjamin Franklin once warned as they were coming out of Philadelphia and having written the Constitution, he said one of the most disastrous things is would be if we digress from a unified republic to, quote, dozens of squabbling factions. And that's kind of where we are. But um, almost our motto became rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Now, you know, in 1954, on the money, we adopted as our national motto, in God we trust. But prior to that, it was e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. But Debbie, let me say this. I know we've got a break coming up. Um, you know, I'll put it this way. When Jefferson wrote on the Declaration, appealing to God for the rectitude of our intentions. What they meant was, in breaking from the King of England, uh, the abuses and usurpations, as he said, were so immoral and egregious that if they didn't react, they would be complicit with that evil. And so uh, we don't use words like rebellion lightly, but I think the founders understood that it was a duty of a people to stand for righteousness. And if they were being compelled to unrighteousness, they had to react. That was the impetus for the revolution, wasn't it, uh, Debbie? It completely was. And they tried everything that they could to reach a peaceful resolution and were compelled. That's, you know, you read the declaration. Those were the the, the grievances that they filed against the king. And uh, it reached a pretty severe point before they uh, were forced to declare independence. That's right. Well, this is Truth and Liberty. Folks, maybe you're listening to all this and you're just hurting and you're saying, look, I need to I need to pray. I need God. If you need spiritual help tonight, we have a number for that as well. Look, no strings attached, no obligation. We just want to encourage you in God's Word and in your walk with Christ who loves you so. If you need spiritual help, that number, 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. Stay tuned. We're back with more of our guest, iVoter Guide on Truth and Liberty. Don't go away. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer this is a godly nation it was founded upon godly principles god is calling us to rebuild his house so that he can manifest his glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. Welcome back to Truth. 
Truth and Liberty, Alex McFarland here with our very special guest, Debbie Wuth, now of iVoterGuide.com, because elections have consequences and votes matter. And we want you to be an informed voter, but also someone who would vote. Now, we're going to go back to the calls and the number. If you have a question for Debbie or myself, 719-619-2341. Now, I, I, I don't do this. I really don't uh, promote my, myself. But I wrote a book uh, on the eve of the um, 2020 election called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. You can find it anywhere and everywhere, uh, The Assault on America. And Debbie, in that book, one of the things I did, I interviewed George Barna. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, three years ago that I wrote this book. Uh, A publisher came to me, uh, Harrison House Publishers approached me and they said, please write this book, which I did. Um, I spent the summer of 2020 uh, writing it. It came out right before the election. Um, So what I'm about to say is three years old, but I I suspect it is still true. I interviewed George Barna. George Barna is a very respected pollster. And he said to me that about... 10, 11% of pastors from the pulpit will speak about political, social, moral issues. And yet, 80% of the parishioners want their clergy, pastor, priest, clergyman. So 78 to 80%, in other words, 8 out of 10 of the church members are saying, preacher, tell us, what does... The word of God say, what saith the Lord on this or that issue? But while eight out of 10 are wanting their clergy to speak to the political issues, really only about nine or 10% do. And I would say that um, the hunger on the part of the parishioners for an authoritative voice on moral, social, political issues, Mm -hmm. I think that hunger is stronger than ever. But the number of pastors that have the courage, the conviction to really lay the cards on the table and say, look, here's what God's word says. If you're a Christian, look, as as a born again believer, you cannot stand for this or that ungodly thing. All of that said this, Debbie, the disparity between the desire to be informed and the willingness of clergy to speak It's very disheartening, isn't it, Debbie? And I think that's part of how we got where we are, is there's not enough biblical literacy as it applies to everyday life and to political issues. It's not being taught. It's, you know, it's in some books if people go and seek it out. You've written books. I know that um, it has been, I heard George Barna say that information back in 2016, that, and in fact, of the eight to 9% of pastors who, who preach that, who preach on an issue, it's frequently life. It's not about immigration or national sovereignty or fiscal issue. I mean, it, you know, it's about giving to the church, but it's it, there are so many issues that they don't even, it's not even 8% that will preach on it. It's been on my heart right. ever since then to, uh, to, to start writing content that shares that information in emails. So we send mm. out a weekly email from iVoterGuide.com that is on those types of topics. We've had them on, you know, what does the Bible say about immigration? What does the Bible say about parental rights or religious liberty? Or obviously we know the life issue. That's the one that's the easiest. 
And the goal is for us to do it in a short, shareable format, not a white paper, not a 30 minute sermon, but you know, I can right. read this in three minutes and go, wow, I learned something and forward it to a friend because there is right. really a, a lack and a dearth of information about what the Bible, what a Christian should believe and 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 vote consistent with those on those issues. Amen. I want to come back to that thought in a moment, but right now we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to Florida, Janet in Florida. Janet, thanks for holding and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I love your program that? and all of you that are on it. Uh, well, do your show. Thank you. Hey, uh, well, I want to say, Janet, and for everybody viewing and watching, please, please hear my heart. We thank God for the the viewers, the people like yourself that pray for truth and liberty and you interact. And uh, in all sincerity, on behalf of the crew and myself and Andrew and Richard, we appreciate you, sister, and thank you for watching. And uh, let's just spread the word and stoke the movement. But um, what's your, your question tonight for Debbie? My question is on uh, uh, the judges. We can, I can never find out enough, any information on if they're liberal or, or conservative or how to vote for them. I can get all the rest of the ballot together, but then at the end, I don't know what to do with them. So I just vote them all out because I can't, I don't know who's who. Yeah. What, can I ask what state are you in, Janet? Florida. Florida. So there are some resources. iVoterGuide has started to research judges. Um, we research the statewide judges, and we rate them on a, um, a scale from an activist to an originalist, meaning are they going to stick to the Constitution, which is what we really want a judge to do. Um, but if beyond statewide judges, iVoterGuide can, can point you to some other resources that have information on judges. So if you want to email, um, in, it's uh, go to our website and contact us or email the word info, I-N-F-O, at iVoterGuide.com and ask and our team will point you to some resources. Um, you know, I was just sharing with Alex that we're now a part of American Family Association Action and they have a uh, an arm that is called the Center for Judicial Renewal, and they are researching judges for uh, appointments to give the the next Republican president a list of Supreme Court nominees or general counsels or district court judges. And they are helping us as we research judges that are on the ballot. So we're seeking to grow that because uh, there are two things we get requested more often: information on judges, information on my school board. And um, and and just the local races that are on my ballot. So uh, you are not the only one, Janet. And thank you for seeking that information. If you contact us, we'll point you in the right direction. Great, praise God, folks. Do you have a question for Debbie Wuth now of iVoter Guide? It's seven one nine six one nine two three four one. Hey, by the way, let me just say this, folks. The website truthandliberty.net slash donate. You can become a partner with us if you would give at least $5 a month, a recurring gift, $5 a month. If you go to truthandliberty.net slash donate, your gift, uh, small or large, listen, it is gratefully received and is being fruitfully handled. And we're doing our utmost to serve God and country. And we feel like this is very important. I'm so thrilled. Uh, partner organizations like iVoterGuide 
and the American Family Association, and Tony Perkins up in Washington and Family Research Council. It's been our privilege to know so many of their staff. And, and you know, Debbie, I've got to say this, like getting to know you. In all 50 states, it's been my privilege to go and speak, and hundreds of churches, schools, uh, <laughs> You know, National Day of Prayer, I've spoken on the steps of many a county courthouse, and what an honor that is. The thing that blesses my heart is I meet people like yourself, uh, not in it for fame or glory, certainly not in it for money, because we're all putting our own resources into these things, uh, and happily so. But we're just doing this because we love America. We, we know that our, our free representative America is a gift from God. It's a stewardship that we must prayerfully preserve so that we can love the Lord, grow our families, contribute to the Great Commission. Uh, look, I, it's been my joy to know a lot of people throughout this nation, and it truly is. There's no agenda here but God and truth and freedom and the America that our kids and grandkids will inherit. Uh, that's, that's all that's on the hearts of these people, as far as I can see. Would you agree? Oh, completely. Um, this is, I spent 20 years as a home year, home, as a, a stay-at-home mom raising my kids. Yeah. I'm only in this role because I asked God what he wanted me to do with my empty nest and had no idea he would turn a 20-year-old computer science degree into pulling me into iVoterGuide. So it, it was really a... a an experiencing God experience when I prayed for an open window and God brought me in here and I would never have ever dreamed or predicted that this is what he wanted me to do and but he's used me and I think he's got plans for each and each of us if we ask God what he wants us to do it may be just vote maybe God's calling you to run for office uh, we have found that there's a, a a lack of conservative candidates on the ballot we we researched oh yeah you know, so we did 55 school districts in Texas this May, and in a third of those races in Texas, there was not a conservative candidate even on the ballot. Well, you can't elect yes. a conservative if there's none on the ballot. So maybe God is calling you to run for office. There's lots of groups who can help you, train you, vet you, but God's got a plan for each of us. We just have to ask him what it is and he'll show us. Exactly. And listen, my heart uh, sinks whenever I go to vote in my home state of North Carolina. I, I lived in Colorado for a few years, and so I voted out there. Uh, but I lived in North Carolina the majority of my adult life. And very often, there'll be a candidate for school board or a judgeship or even you know city council or state house, and it'll be D, uncontested. I mean, you're right. How can we elect constitutionalists, conservatives, mm -hmm. if there isn't one on the ballot? And yeah. so, folks, let me just say, at Karis Bible College, we have a whole, you can take a, a course of study called Practical Government that is basically, among other things, and we teach a lot of constitutional history. We teach a lot about the history of America, Supreme Court decisions, and basically how our government operates. But the School of Practical Government is also basically a course on how to successfully run for office. And mm -hmm. so you might want to check that out. But you, you were going to say something about some 
the, these races that are uncontested. It's that's always kind of a heartbreak, isn't it? It is. And, and you know, uh, sometimes the political parties will try to recruit candidates. But, you know, God ask God what he wants you to do. There are open seats out there. You can reach out to your um, local Republican, you know, Republican Party, see if they want to, you know, if they'll support you as you run. Um, and it could be, you know, school board, could be city council, could be um, even a trustee of a local public, you know, public school or something like that. So God has got a plan for you. And a lot of those races, um, part of the reason that the liberals took over the education establishment is that very few voters turn up to vote in local elections. The, the average turnout that David Barton will quote is 6% of registered voters that will vote in a local election. Well, that's only 6% of those that are registered to vote and only two thirds of Americans are registered. So David Barton did the numbers and it's only 2% of adults who are choosing who runs the school board. And frequently that is the educational establishment, the teachers and the activists. The parents don't participate. And, for, and there are races right. decided by 100 votes, 200 votes, 300 votes. There's churches that have that, that many people in that district yeah. that could turn up and take over that school board. The power is in the we, we the people. We just have to give them the information and the encouragement to engage. You know, earlier, Debbie, you mentioned uh, parents' rights as it relates to uh, transgenderism and uh, parental information, parental consent, if a child is being prepped for transition, which is just a tra tragic, I can't believe we're even talking about this. But when it comes to um, the rights of parents, another issue, and this is a big issue, is school choice, isn't it? Because it, here, here's what I, I think the left, their, their MO, their modus operandi, get that child away from the parent shield the child from the influence, the values, the, the Christian beliefs of the parent. And as long as that child is under the, the tutelage of the state, they can mold that child into a nice compliant little socialist. But parents' rights, school choice, I mean, these are very, very important issues, aren't they? And they're tightly linked. Uh, the question really comes down to who owns the children. And, you know, a bunch of uh, communist leaders would say, give, give me give me those kids when they're young and I'll have them for life. So they are. That is their plan is to indoctrinate our children. So uh, you if you can have the choice to put them in a charter school or a private school or homeschool them, that's what I would encourage people to do. As I see more of the craziness going on in the schools with, you know, the library books that they're approving and the, the indoctrination and hiding potential pronouns and transition treatments from parents that it just appalls me. I'm so glad my children are grown. But then I think about the grandchildren and I think about the peers of my children and my grandchildren uh, that are in that environment. And that's why we can't disengage. Even if we can protect our own children, it's America and it's the culture and the peers and the future doctors and the future engineers in America. So um, we have to get engaged, run for office. We've got to research those candidates on the ballot and vote wisely in all those races. Uh, we've got a question that was emailed to me um, regarding health care and mm -hmm. medicine. You know, we were talking about fuel and cars and the economy being so highly politicized. Well, who would have ever thought healthcare and medicine could be so intensely politicized? And so uh, somebody wants to know about another pandemic and quarantine. There was talk about 
President Biden this week declaring a climate quarantine. In other words, it's so hot, the government, and thankfully nothing's happened yet. But, but what about this? Uh, does I Voter Guide tell, tell us where candidates stand on health care? And um, I've got a follow-up question, but first of all, health care, medicine in general, uh, do you monitor? We, do have, we have questions on our survey that ask the candidates about their position on various health care types of, um, you know, what type of health care should be allowed and who should pay for it, those types of, of questions. And it's also economy questions that kind of relate to um, allowing you to, to just keeping more money in your pocketbook to take care of yourself. But I will I will say that we also ask questions about mandates and who has the authority to close churches or force vaccines and things like that, that um, tries to get to that, the really that attempt to take power that happened during the COVID uh, crisis, the COVID pandemic. And I would warn people to be on the alert. I think you're right that they found power they were able to take more power through these, I would call created crises. And I think that if they can create another crisis, they will seek to take that power. Um, and we need to, to stand firm and uh, listen to the right voices and make our voices heard as to what we desire to happen. You know, folks, Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And you're right. I, I think the COVID, regardless of what you might believe about the origins of the the COVID-19, uh, look, the way they used that healthcare crisis to seize power and obstruct constitutionally protected rights. I mean, the, the Constitution, there were some leaders who just freely said, yeah, the Constitution is suspended. Um, so here's my question. Uh, do you believe um, that the left that they want to imp impose a new world order. Is a quarantine a pandemic? Is this a tool in their toolkit that they're gonna use again, uh, in your opinion, Debbie? My opinion, my personal opinion is they'll try. Um, that that they the crisis to take power. I think they use the crisis to determine uh, methods of voting that allowed more shenanigans to happen with extra drop boxes and mailing things in and mailing out extra ballots that just uh, loosened up the, the laws. And they they use that crisis to do that. And I think that we need to be wary, be alert, um, pay attention to some of the, the World Health Organization that's trying to control our sovereignty. We don't want them to be able to tell our country to lock down. There are uh, lots of policies out there that we need to just be alert and be as wise as serpents, but yet as innocent as doves. And folks, you need to watch out for the WHO, uh, WHO, the World Health Organization, that uh, America would surrender her national autonomy, our national sovereignty. And of course, it'll be couched in, couched in language about, well, for the good of the people and the good of the human race. Uh, let me say, the, the ultimate good of people really is not what's on the woke agenda right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't be advocating for the castration of children. We are an autonomous nation, the United States, a constitutional republic. We do not want to become a subset of the UN. Tell you something else, Debbie. I don't know. Have you been hearing about the rise of um, uh, UN, quote, world heritage sites? I have not. I mean, I, I'm aware that those things happen, but I haven't heard what you're referring to. 
Well, things like, you know, the Colosseum in Rome and uh, the city of Palmyra. There, there have been around the world a number of, quote, world heritage sites, places right. that are of great historical significance that they recognize um, have been, you know, hugely influential in the trajectory of world history. Well, um, in America, more and more, the UN is wanting to declare certain things a world heritage site. Well, that sounds great, right? Like Thomas Jefferson's house, Monticello, Monticello depending on how you pronounce that. Uh, different sites relative to the civil rights movement. But here's the fine print that, that you don't always hear about. When a locality is deemed a world heritage site, that means that there are certain dictates uh, from the UN that have to be followed, not only at the place, but within a certain perimeter. And, and I firmly believe because they're trying to build a global utopia and really abolish countries, a one world government, abolish America. Look, they would make every square inch of the United States a world heritage site if that meant that we would surrender our freedoms and our sovereignty to the UN. So look, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, I don't want any part of America to be a quote, world heritage site because incrementally, little bit by bit, bite by bite, our national sovereignty is compromised. And, and let me say this, Debbie, there's a lot to keep track of these days, but that's, you, you and I folks, we're not having to fight the winter at Valley Forge, but we're in a different kind of a battle that's gonna take all of the, the, the presence of mind, the smarts, the, uh, the savvy, and the spiritual resilience that the good Lord can help us muster. Debbie, I'm thankful for what you all are doing with iVoterGuide. You're, you're doing our homework for us, and I commend you. Well, thank you. It is our honor and our privilege, and truly, we believe it's our calling that God has given us to, to, to equip Christians with the truth about the candidates on their ballot. So our entire staff, uh, we love God, we love America, we love Jesus, and we do this uh, to try to preserve the America that we want for our children and uh, share it with an open hand to voters across the nation. There's no charge, it's free, just giving you truth and information. So uh, I hope you find it helpful. You can support us if it is. You can certainly tell other people about what we do so that more people can see beyond deception and lies and hopefully get good information on the candidates on their ballot. Uh, you mentioned earlier, like some slides, you know, uh, most churches nowadays have, you know, a big screen or a video projection. Do you have some, you know, informational slides or even video trailers that are, are appropriate to be run in the Sunday morning announcements? We do. We have a couple little 30-second uh, video PSAs that we have on our on YouTube that, um, you know, just talk about what you vote for. Uh, we do have those PowerPoint slides for the slideshow. And we are working on other videos. Now that we're part of AFA, we have a few more resources at our disposal. And American Family Studios is working on um, some videos, hopefully, that we can uh, provide to churches that they can run, you know, during the service or before the service. Uh, we do have a resource on our website that lets a pastor know that they can tell people about iVoterGuide, that they're allowed to tell them. It's legal as a C3 2.2 and tell them about the information at iVoterGuide. So um, is anything we can do to be helpful? If, if we don't have it now, Alex, let us know and we'll do our best to create that. 
Amen. Amen. How can we be praying for you, Debbie? Well, it's a spiritual battle. Um, so pray for for our team that that God will get protect our team. The you know when you start to get over the target, you get more flack. So pray for protection and hedges around our staff and our volunteers. Pray that we um, have the discernment to to find the good information, the truth that we were able to see through um, deception and lies. But mostly, uh, just pray for America and for our team that God would. Um, guide our steps, that we would be good stewards of the resources he's given us to, um, to, to accomplish this mission that we think came from him. You know, I, I didn't even mention this, but two things that are very important, uh, the border, securing the southern border, and yes, securing the northern border, uh, five, the 5,250 uh, 5, miles of border between the U.S. and Canada, but then there's our relationship to the nation of Israel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we've got time, I think, for one more call. Uh, I want to go to Texas. Iona in Texas. She is a, a AWMI partner. And uh, thank you for holding. Uh, am I pronouncing your name correctly, Iona? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. Well, welcome. Uh, uh, I have a question. Did you know that it's possible for a citizen of a state or a, uh, any uh, to go to Washington and actually lobby. It's uh, you don't get paid for it, but you can, as a citizen of the state, you can do that, and it counts. When you do any questioning to your representative in Washington, it counts for six votes. It's like six people voting. Uh, I've really? actually heard it's more like ten. That it's, you know, even a phone call to a state representative, that if you have the courage to speak to them or call them or go in person, they think that, you know, there's other people who didn't take the time or were afraid to call. So it's very valuable for you to go to D.C. and talk to your uh, representatives to even email them or contact them or go to their local office when they're home on, on during a recess or go to your state capitol and talk to and build relationships with your elected officials in, in your state house and, you know, here in Austin, which is where I live. Wow. Iona, thank you for sharing that. That is really powerful. And thank you for being a partner with the ministries. And it, it really is making a difference. And we're deeply grateful. God bless you. Debbie, I wanted to ask you, um, what about the border uh, secure? And, you know, with the border comes the rights of citizens being put above the rights of illegals. I'm not going to say undocumented, and I'm not going to say, you know, dream seekers. I'm going to say illegals. Um, do, does I Voter Guide, you know, track where candidates stand about immigration and the security of our of our borders? It is one of the issues that we look at. We have uh, survey questions that get at, you know, should we secure the southern border? How would you change immigration law? Who should we allow to come into America? What regulations should we have in place? And it is something that when our panelists look through a candidate's website or their social media, we tell them to look for those types of positions on, you know, uh, supporting ICE or, um, you know, what we do when we find an, an illegal alien and, and that type of thing. Do we um, do we deport them? Do we let them catch and release policies? So those are things that we look at 
on candidates, you know, in addition to the economy and the Second Amendment and healthcare and and uh, religious. I mean, there's just a lot of issues that we look at. And I don't know if we talked about this, but because we're trying to get at their worldview, we look at their values. My favorite survey question that iVoterGuide.com has is briefly state your spiritual beliefs and values. I would rather vote for people who think like I think and, and you know, yeah. worship the God that I do and understand my freedoms. So, you know, I voter guide tries to cover all those issues, but also the worldview and their values yeah. and what's important to them. Cynthia in New York, you're going to have to be the, the final caller on tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. But Cynthia, welcome. Thank you. What you got? Hello? Yeah, you're, you're on, Cynthia. Uh, we've only got about a minute and a half. Uh, do you have a question? Yes, I gave you my question. That what do I do to hear from God and my purpose? Well, God bless you. Uh, we could spend a long time on this, but let me say, Cynthia, here's, here's God's plan. Number one, that you're born again, and I'm assuming you probably are. But as a Christian, to be in the Word of God, and like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will direct your path. Now, the number one purpose for every Christian is to grow in conformity to Jesus, Christ-likeness. And, and the, the primary way you're going to grow is to commune with God through his word, be a part of a good local church, and be around fellow Christians, and you'll mutually encourage each other towards Christ-likeness. Call back Monday, if you would, Cynthia, and let's unpack that further. But in the meantime, Debbie Wooth now of iVoterGuide.com. I want to thank you for being with us on the show tonight. Uh, Godspeed. And uh, if we may, let's visit again very soon. I look forward to it. This has been a pleasure, Alex. Indeed. Indeed. Folks, be in church on Sunday. This weekend, plan to be in the house of God on Sunday. Take somebody with you and get them under the sound of the gospel. In the meantime, pray for our nation. Stay strong. Stay bold. May God bless you in all things. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.